Coming off the top of the cage, it is the top of the cage podcast. As always, I am Bill, joined by Justin, Juice Cannon, Juice. We got a great interview coming up for the people here tonight. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for people to hear it. Um, it's uh with Levi Cooper, formerly of Tucker and WWE, half of Heavy Machinery. I was marking out. I was a little nervous. You can definitely tell in how I talk <laughs> in the uh, interview because um I love both of them. I, I remember when I first got back into the product again, um, and they were one of the things that really got me into it. Otis and Tucker is so fun. They can be both be very funny, but they can also just bring it in the ring. Especially Tucker, he's a great athlete, and also they can bring the serious moments too. Like I remember Elimination Chamber a couple years ago. Tucker was um, amazing at it. So yeah, it's it's a great interview. Excited for everyone to hear it. And before we bring you our interview with Levi tonight, we want to go over a couple things. First being one of the greatest recurring segments on this podcast, the Young Stud Stud at Spotlight, where we give wrestlers under the age of 29 a chance to shine. And Juice, you and I kind of did a little themed Young Stud Stud at Spotlight tonight, where we went over some Ring of Honor releases. For my Young Stud Spotlight tonight, I am choosing their current heavyweight champion, as well as the current PWG world champion, Bandito, quite the young luchador just coming in at the age of, would you believe it if I said 26? He has been wrestling since about 2011, it seems, and it's kind of crazy to think. It's 2021, he's 26. 2011 was 10 years ago. He started wrestling at the ripe age of 16. That's quite the career. I found it weird that Ring Honor uh, is ending when both their women's champion, which they just brought back the women's belt, and their men's champion are both so young. It seems like they have plenty of work with. But, um, yeah, Vadito's awesome. Some great matches, one of which uh, you you can suggest. Yes, so the New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, Best of Super Junior 26 from uh, 2019. Will Ospreay and Bandito had a match. And although Bandito did come out on the losing end of that match, it's a banger i mean i know will very rarely has a bad match but bandito was a, an absolutely great dance partner in this match and i think it really highlighted how both can work well with guys similar in stature and you know bandito at one point had a spot where he just one-handed press will osprey over his hand and at that point i knew like holy cow this dude's kind of special this dude's kind of good and they, and they really worked the Japanese crowd well. You know, obviously two guys not native to Japan and both seemingly very over within the company. Juice, I don't know if there's any matches of Banditos particularly that you like. I do watch Ring Honor on occasion, but they have a large roster and only hours show. And a lot of the episodes that I would watch, because it was very occasional, he didn't really appear. And like when he beat Rush and won the title not too long ago, I was very shocked. Uh, I didn't see it coming when I saw he was, I think it was the last pay-per-view. When he won it and I, I read the reports because I read the results, I was like, 
uh, I don't I don't really know that much about Benito. <laughs> I think I've only seen him a handful of times. But um, I have seen the Will Osprey match that he talked about because I'm a big Will Osprey guy. I, I do love watching New Japan because they just only put bangers. Um, so, yeah, I definitely will watch more of them. I'm excited to see what the future holds for him. And that leads to uh, our my young stud or studette, and it's the 19-year-old Roxy. They just recently had a tournament inside the Ring Honor Women's Champion, and she won. And she has some great matches. Miranda Alizé and the championship, Roxy beat her. And I was shocked by that, too, because I knew who Miranda was. I didn't really know who Roxy was going in this tournament. She's 19. She's got a bright future. She's definitely going to be picked up soon. She's wrestling in these right now. Uh, my match recommendation for her is actually an indie one you can find on YouTube. It's um, her versus Killer Kelly. You can find an indie show in Texas. And it was for the Ring Honor Championship and that indie promotions woman championship. Roxy held them both. So it was for both of those. And Roxy won. And it was a really great match. Um, Killer Kelly's great. And uh, Roxy is very promising. She's very good. So, yeah, definitely check that match out. And uh, you can find more of her matches on YouTube as well. And Rung Honor TV, which you can find on Fight. Right, and that transitioned us pretty well into uh, one of the last talks before we get into the interview, and that is the Ring of Honor pause and them releasing their whole roster. That gave us kind of shock, honestly. Yeah, um, it, it was kind of news that came out of nowhere because, um, like I said, they just brought back the women's title, and I'm doing more of women's Wednesday nights. Maria Canales having that role as, like, the supervisor of the women's division. Um, a new a new champion replacing Rush and Vendito. I just um, I didn't see this coming. Um, yeah, so they're not they're gonna so final battle in December is gonna be last event for four months. They say they're gonna resume in April, but we'll see. I hope so, um, and I hope they resign a lot of talent. But I mean, a lot of guys aren't gonna be around, which is good. I hope these people are booked constantly and get signed to the big, you know, the impacts or AWs, WWEs, or New Japan. And Roxy is one. Bandito is another. Brian Malone is who we interviewed in the past. Bruiser, his tag team partner. One person that is the, the bell of the ball right now, though, is Jonathan Gresham. Um, that's what you see. Like, where is he going to end up? Fans are waiting to see. Does he go to AW? Uh, does he go to New Japan? I think New Japan will be the best fit for his style. And I think they get more use out of him. I feel like if he goes to AEW, it may be dark and like um, rampage matches and like putting guys over, but still having great matches. Um, I want to see him. He's a young, young star. He's got talent and he's technically really good. So I'd like to see him maybe an impact with his wife, Jordan Grace or New Japan. I think those would be the best fits. If he does go to AEW, Daniel Bryan versus Jonathan Gresham, um, that is a dream match for me. I'd love to see that because they're very similar, very similar in the ring. Yeah, I, I know Jonathan Gresham is somebody that I've been trying to get more familiar with now that the Ring of Honor releases have happened. And I'm really hoping that he ends up somewhere great. And I, I, again, he doesn't really seem like a WWE guy. I think New Japan is a great spot. Uh, kind of talking about the, the best of Super Juniors, you know, 
that's 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 it, man. That's that's the style, and that's what we'd like to see. I, I'm also curious about the Briscoes and Jay Lethal again, two guys that uh, Ryan put over pretty heavy on our podcast, and I would love to see. I, I think that the Briscoes. I know that tag team wrestling isn't the best for WWE, but I would love to see them go to WWE. That'd be cool, but I think with I think a reason that they haven't been signed by AEW or WWE, and I don't think they ever will, is because um, even though I, they are a very good tag team, they are very controversial in how um, things they've said online. I'm a fan of them as a rest, as wrestling duo, and I'd love to see them in AEW cause, uh, or New Japan because I think those are the they would sign them. I don't think WWE would ever sign them because of that controversy around them. They are very talented. Jay Lethal, Jay Lethal can go anywhere he wants. Jay Lethal is an underrated legend. This is a guy that had bangers with Kurt Angle and so many other legends. This guy is special. And um, yeah, I'm really, I look forward to see where he goes. I already talked about Gresham. I think if he does go to New Japan, I don't see him in the Super Juniors. Um, he's not really a high flyer, but we'll see. Um, I'm excited to see where Ring Honor goes. Um, so many talented guys signed the indie promotions. They're already signed to some. So uh, me and you are going to a show this Sunday, and um, Brody King of Ring Honor, he's going to be on that show. And um, so is Maxton Taylor, who's also Ring, Ring Honor. So I'm excited to see the two of them and see where they end up in the future. As am I. And we will not hold you back from this interview any longer. Ladies and gentlemen, Levi Cooper. Okay, introducing our guest tonight, former WWE superstar, formerly Tucker, formerly Tucker Knight, formerly half of Heavy Machinery, an all-American collegiate wrestler, the one, the only Levi Cooper. Welcome to the pod, man. How you doing? What's up? Yeah, I'm doing awesome, man. Great to be here. Uh, thanks for having me. Of course, of course. Obviously, we're having a former WWE superstar on. The one thing we want to talk about was what was it working for WWE like? Oh, I mean, you know, pretty much cool, you know, for the most part. Uh, it was, you know, an exciting time. It wasn't like my necessarily my largest dream right like I was an athlete and, and I graduated with an accounting degree from Arizona State and uh, ultimately had a chance to try out because uh, Jerry Briscoe you know gave me that opportunity based on kind of what I displayed in college and so it was the best opportunity at the time you know it was like it was just uh, okay yeah this is going to be a cool thing to try and so basically I, I had my trial in June I got hired in uh in July actually on my my 23rd birthday uh, July 24th and uh, the 1st of January 2014 my wife and I got to Orlando and I started on the 4th I actually started too with uh, Steve Cutler now um, was I can't remember his name and he's in uh, impact though and uh, and Elias Sampson as well we started at the same time so um, yeah I remember you know walking into the performance center and it being you know, intimidating to some extent, right? I mean, particularly I've, I've only stepped in a wrestling ring in, during my tryout up to that point. So, you know, I'm starting this new uh, adventure all the way across uh, America. And, uh, you know, it was, I guess, maybe a little easier for me because of my journey in college and kind of, you know, the way that that went down. 
that I, I already like was accepting of betting on myself and being like, well, like I'll throw all my chips into a basket and bet on myself. Cause like who better would I want to bet on? Right. Then, you know, me, like if I don't believe in myself, who's going to believe in me type of deal. And so, you know, I remember, <laughs> I remember terminology being like a big kind of barrier early on, you know, like I can, I can remember maybe my first week there, I'm in a, a skull session, which is just like a video review and like they're just talking about the heat, fucking heat, the heat, yeah, heat, whatever, you know. I'm like, I know I should know this, but I don't. So I'm like, raise my hand, you know, hey guys, like, I hear you guys saying this word, and I don't know, like, I need you to provide some context for me, please, you know. And it was just in the in the course of essentially, right, like the heel is is you know putting heat on the baby face and you know beating them up, putting them in jeopardy, and. uh and so there was, you know, a lot of, I guess, the jargon of professional wrestling, you could say, being kind of one of the barriers early on that was unexpected. You know, like I knew kind of cutting promos and learning that was going to be a, a bit of a new journey, right? Obviously, learning how to work as opposed to how to be in a shoot wrestling match is going to be, you know, just a new way of learning how to move my body. And like, I expected those things, but right off the jump, I remember that being kind of just like, whoa, hey, like... <laughs> I need a book so I can read about all these terms. I'm like going on Wikipedia at night, look shit up, you know. And <laughs> so with the terms, how familiar were you with the product before you tried out? I mean, I guess I was familiar with it on like a, a fan level, right? But not on a deeper level, not on a level of like what you've been insider level or, you know, I, I wasn't like on the dirt sheets or kind of like involved. Or I didn't go to any, you know, kind of indie shows before my time there like um I watched wrestling a lot during the attitude era especially you know my kind of my middle school time um by the time I was 14 or 15 I knew I wanted to play division one college sports you know I was like this is what I want to do so you know I spent a lot of time doing you know in school and and ultimately I wanted to play football before I ended up wrestling in college but just, you know, that was kind of, I, I used to ski and ride four wheelers and do all the, you know, other, other fun things, stop doing all that, you know, around the time I was 15 too, it just kind of knowing like, I can't get hurt on accident. Like I will, I'll hate myself. I'll be pissed. So yeah, that was kind of why I didn't really have a, I guess you would say like an insider knowledge. It was just, um, and you kind of only know what you know. Right. So, I mean, I, I was watching raw and SmackDown for, you know, six months at least. Like after I got hired till I started, I watched it every single week, you know, to try and familiarize as much as I, I could. But it's not like those kind of terms and things are, are necessarily like easiest things to find either. You kind of have to seek them out. Um, and ultimately when I got there, I started reading a lot of people's books and that helped me out a lot too. Obviously there there's those kind of words in there in the context and just sort of like understanding a little bit about the wrestling business that, you know, isn't, isn't just out there, that information that's out there to find necessarily easily, I guess you'd say. I can imagine that the terminology is tough to learn. There's plenty of terms that took for a while of me to understand when I was like, when I was a kid, I didn't know any of them. I probably didn't learn them until I got back into it a few years ago, like jobber and heat and all of that. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. okay, it's just or a gimmick, whole right? Thing. Like, I mean, gimmick is like a word for everything. So it's, it's like, even though you know kind of what they're referring to, you still have to like under have some underlying context, right? And I mean, it's it's on purpose to some extent, right? This is a business that's bred from you know the carnival business essentially, and like you know until just in the last 
15 years, 20 years, like we're trying to convince the people that it's real. So we have to maybe, if we need to communicate, we need to have a way of doing that where we understand what we're talking about, but everyone else doesn't know what we're talking about, even if we're having that conversation right in front of them, because that was a necessary thing. And you talked about it, you know, being quote unquote less real. So what was it like from going from a style of actual collegiate Greco-Roman wrestling to the sports entertainment slash professional wrestling style? There's quite a few differences. Uh, I would say kind of like if I had to put it in a nutshell, per, at least for me personally, and I would say I would just based on the people I've talked about, you know, it's kind of true of high level of, on either side. When, when I was at my best or kind of when you're at your best in an amateur wrestling sense, you have a very tunnel vision. Like the thoughts that are going through my mind are just like, like little hand fighting things or, or like, I need to keep circling to the right. He's trying to get me to go to the left. I need to go to the right, like pummel and cut, pummel and cut. Or like when he takes this step or that, like, you know, it's okay. These are like a few things that I'm looking for. And it's like those, that's all that's going on through my mind is like, I'm thinking about that, but I'm also just reacting to what's happening in a pro wrestling sense like you're taking in all, all the information that's happening around you, right? Like, and like I said, in amateur wrestling, I would be taking no information that's happening around me, except maybe the scoreboard or, or my co coach's voice and maybe even not that. Whereas in pro wrestling, like if, if when, you, when you're doing it at the highest of levels or, you know, at least like when I've been at my best, I should say, like I'm looking in people's faces, seeing how they're reacting, I'm listening to what's happening with the crowd, you know, in, and I'm also thinking about like what's coming up next and how we're going to talk about it if we need to. And like, we need to make a change and, you know, kind of, I guess, yeah, just that piece of it is like, you're, you are very much reacting to what's happening around you. And in amateur wrestling, you're kind of just like, you're trying to dictate what exactly you want to happen right in front of you um, on the kind of a really small level. So that was kind of, I guess, and that was a tough adjustment, right? Or, I guess in a physical sense too, like amateur wrestling is, is in tight, right? Everything's very swift. And like, you have to really, if you, to know what you're looking at, you have to really be paying attention. Pro wrestling is this like large thing with grandeur. You're making large theatrical gestures. Like, you know, you need people in the top row. If you're in front of 15,000 people to be able to understand what's happening on a physical level to some extent for them to get the most out of the show. So you know, that's also a pretty big difference. What do you think the hardest thing to learn was? Was it the promo game, uh, finding the camera angles? What's the hardest thing about turning oh, to WWE now? I think the hardest thing for me was like taking all of those intangible things and then figuring out how to like make them of myself, right? Like ultimately you don't want to be, I mean, I'm not an actor. Like I was fortunate enough to, be able to take some really cool method acting classes from, you know, Howard Fine School and, and learn about that and, and figure out how to kind of apply real life situations. But I have a younger brother, right? Uh, very protective of my younger brother. So it wasn't hard for me to find like instances when I was growing up in which I protected my younger brother and use that as a part of the Tucker character when I felt like people were you know, making fun of Otis intellectually. Okay. Like that's a, you know, that's a piece of method acting that like I can really grasp onto. Right. Or like I'm getting beat up in the heat. I'm thinking about 
on like, not that I want to think about this, but I'm thinking about times when I was in the wrestling room, like when I was younger, you know, or, or when I was young, young, particularly in Bakersfield, I got the shit kicked out of me a lot. And, uh, like I didn't get a takedown for a couple of months, you know, it was a fucking very brutal time. Like, Oh man, like I need to reevaluate everything that I thought about myself in terms of, so, you know, being able to use that, you know, those were basically, those are some cool, you know, I guess things that, that, I was able to learn and be able to kind of bring to the character, but it's like, you learn so many different things, right? You kind of learn the promo game and how, how that's, how to kind of storytell a little bit there, but then there's like the story of a match, right? And how does, how does that go? What, like, what moves do I do? What can I make look good? You know, what can I make sound good? What am I going to wear? Like, how do I bring this whole package together? That with heavy machinery, it, it kind of clicked. I mean, both of us were like high level, heavyweight wrestlers that's kind of a breed of their own too heavyweight is just a little different than all the other ones too all the other weight classes you know i don't know like all little wrestlers would joke that every heavyweight's the same to some degree and uh they wouldn't necessarily be wrong either <laughs> and we were both kind of small town blue collar boys you know we i grew up in a town of like three thousand people you know hit superior wisconsin a little bigger than that but quite isolated up on Lake Superior and, and a, a very blue collar place. So we had this fundamental understanding, um, this kind of foundational layer of respect and sort of lack of dick measuring, I guess, for lack of a better term, right? Of like, hey, like you did this and I did this and that's cool and we love each other for that. Like we're gonna, we're a team and we're moving together forward. And so when that happened, then it was okay. Like now I'm, I'm starting to really like feel comfortable in my role and understanding how to, like, what pieces of myself I can display and get reaction from the audience and in, in sort of a package. And that was kind of a big aha moment because when you don't have that, you're kind of lost out there just, like, throwing shit against the wall, hoping it sticks. Let's talk about heavy machinery. Uh, how how was that formed? Like, how did that come about? Sounds like maybe you, you guys pitched the blue-collar solid gimmick since you said you both come from that background. Well, yeah, so that was kind of our reinvention of ourselves going up to the main roster, which is something that, like, we discussed quite a bit of, like, okay, well, we see people go up and not be successful. Like, why is that? And what are we, like, how can we avoid that? Or, or what things, like, yeah, just, so when Matt Bloom initially, the head coach, put us together. And we wrestled his heels once. And then we wrestled on the, on the, like, what we called the coconut circuit, the Florida, you know, armory and, and small town uh, loop for probably nine months before we made our TV debut. Cause yeah, we, we started in the summer and then we debuted in the dusty, which I think was in February. So maybe like seven or eight months together at that point. And even then we're not heavy machinery. We're Otis and Tucker. Otis's debut on TV was the same as Roddy's debut. And so like our first match on TV together was a loss to uh, Austin Aries and uh, Roddy Strong. But it, it was a pretty good match, honestly. And like, I think people were impressed with, you know, what, what we were able to do in that match. Well, I know they were because, you know, not long after that was talk of like, okay, well, what are we going to call these guys, right? And like we pitched heavy machinery heavily, heavily. And everyone loved it, actually, except Hunter. Didn't like it. Thought it was too gimmicky. And I think he, like, we never got a chance to sit down in front of him and actually, like, talk about it with him, you know, tell him, like, why. Okay, I get it. Like, maybe the first thing that comes to your head is, like, cartoon character, fat guys with, like, lunch pails and hard hats, right? But 
It's like, no, no, we are heavy machinery. Like, because when we initially pitched it, I wanted to be called Tank and we wanted to call him Dozer, Tank and Dozer, heavy machinery, but they couldn't get Dozer through legal, I guess, or whatever the case. I don't know. They said no to it, essentially. And uh, and so we, I remember having another meeting with the head of creative at the time, Joe Belcastro, or the head writer anyways. And he's like, hey, you know, we need to come up with another list of names, you know, Hunter doesn't like heavy machinery. And so we gave him a list of like 10 names, you know, and I've said, hey, Joe, if I'm being honest with you, like, you get to call us any of these 10 names you want. We'll take it. No problem. Like, we just want to be on TV at this point. But if you're asking us what we think, like, we're having machinery again. And like, I don't know what else to tell you. Like, that's what we believe in. That's what we feel like we are. And so ultimately, we got the name, of course. And yeah, I mean, off we went from there. And I thought, you know, we didn't get to wrestle on the takeover, which is pretty disappointing. Um, I felt like we were deserving of, of that, that opportunity at least one time. You know, there was matches that happened while we were there um, that we felt like we could have been at least a part of or better than in our, you know, but that's us in our own minds and the competitors in us. It is what it is ultimately. But then, yeah, so Blue Collar Solid was actually came about in acting class. We were in uh, not long before we went up, maybe I think in October, we were doing acting class with um, this guy named Ryan. And it was like a 12 week thing, you know, they brought him in, he was staying in Orlando. And one of the things we were working on was like a team motto, right? That was like a piece of the thing. And it was like, okay, you know, you basically need one sentence that kind of like lets people know who you are, right? And in our in our kind of our discussions that in, in the car ride, you know, I mean, cause I would say by like this, that summer, summer of 2018, uh yeah like we we had a pretty good idea we were gonna go up we're like we're gonna get a, like who knows it might be a year from now but, but like i mean we're more of a main roster act than we are a nxt act like we can see that you know what i mean it's like okay well it's kind of tough to book us because like we're not necessarily killers like authors of pain even though we felt like we, we could be that in a in a, a serious match which but whatever and uh we just talked about like okay how many people in the crowd do we think are crossovers on any given night. Like you go to a SmackDown, how many of those people are NXT fans actually, right? I mean, some markets probably higher than 50%, but I would I would say Midwest and the South, which is kind of our territory to some extent, at least while we were on the main roster, 20% or less in my opinion. Like not a lot of people that are watching wrestling on the internet, they're watching it on TV and that's kind of it. So I think some people go up and they kind of think like, oh, I'm, I'm like already over kind of like I was in NXT and we sort of tried our best to be like, we're not over at all. And let's, let's act like nobody knows us. And, and that's, let's kind of try to build like that, you know, and, and I, I think we're pretty successful. I actually didn't even realize you guys never wrestled on a takeover. I thought for sure you guys got at least one. I mean, I, I know I can speak for Juice as well. I mean, we were we were definitely big fans of Heavy Machinery. Were there particular matches of your career that you think you are the most proud of? I mean, definitely, yeah. Like, we had our first pay-per-view match was against Daniel Bryan and Rowan. It was in Olympia or in Tacoma, Washington, actually, which is like maybe two hours, two and a half hours from where I grew up. Mm. but it's only 30 minutes from where Daniel Bryan grew up. Right. Like, and we've been working this program with them for like two months 
and they've been getting booed and we've been getting cheered the whole time. Right. And it's like, and we discussed this going into that match, like, Hey, like I'm going to, I always, I'm always just over here. Let's, you know, Daniel Bryan's not being like, he's the, he's the man who like, first of all, what a not great opportunity was to get to work with that guy. What a fucking just legend, dude. He's the modern day Bret Hart, in my opinion, like couldn't say more nice things about that guy as a wrestler and a human being, you know, he was like, Hey, I'm going to get cheered. Like the direction was just, you guys are the heels. We're the baby faces. Like, we're just going to do it. It's a TV match. Like forget about the audience. And I felt like, you know, by the end of that match, it was like, maybe we weren't getting cheered as much as them, but we like, we got the shit booed out of us when we came out. I remember being like, oh my God, dude, we've never gotten booed like this before, which I mean, it wasn't like, oh, I, what I have so upset or whatever. It was just like, wow, what a different thing than like coming out and, uh, you know, it's just a different feeling, right? Like I would love to be heel and get booed like that. I, I think I would enjoy that more than getting cheered like a big time baby face personally. But like the point being, you know, I felt like we, like, we kind of didn't allow that to affect us and we were able to still kind of do our thing and ultimately get where we wanted to go in that match. And, and it was our first pay-per-view match. So, you know, it was, it was pretty nerve wracking day. Like, and, and those was very sick that day actually too, which like, he'd probably be mad if I said this, but I'm saying it anyways, cause he's a, he's a warrior. Dude, I've never, I never, he's, he has like crazy adrenaline after like usually he doesn't sleep after TV. He just gets on the plane the next morning, right? He just stays up all night because like he can't sleep. He's too wound up. He slept in the car ride from Tacoma. Like with less than an hour, he was snoring in the back seat, and he slept all the way to my house. And then he slept like the whole next day, and then half the day after that to like get ready to be okay for TVs. And uh, dude, he was super sick. So yeah, with that one, um, there was a live event match we had in Milwaukee with Eric Young and. Um, Axel uh, was a wolf, Alexander Wolf. Like we got the bear hug over, like to the point where everybody's chanting bear hug city. And like, we're in the heat and, and Doze is getting beat up in the heat. And e- EY comes off the top, the second rope with the ax handle and Doze catches him in the bear hug and the place fucking just erupts and goes crazy. Like that kind of thing, you know, it was just like, and it was, I mean, we did that gimmick a little, but this was, I mean, we built like an eight minute shine around the bear hug. We were tossing them back and forth. And like, we did a deal where like, uh, we went to toss them back and forth, but right before he, he threw it, like I got head butted and he rolls out of the ring and I go to chase him, but Doze is on the other end and I run him around. And then he turns around at the last minute, sees Doze and jumps into his arm. And then Dozer carries him up the stairs and puts him back in the ring. And uh, yeah, so that was just like, just uh i guess old school pro wrestling done correctly you can still like get over a headlock or a bear hug if you're telling a good enough story that and and at the time it was that match is different than like what other a lot of other guys were doing you know on the show and so i mean and a big part of that is of course ey and and alexander wolf too they were great to work with always we got to work with a lot of great guys cutler again and uh wesley blake now weston blake we always had amazing matches with those guys i can remember a couple in california where we had openers <laughs> we used to do this spot called the cock shaker basically we would do like the last shine spot would be we'd have the heels beat us down in the corner and then they'd both come in and go to splash us but we'd give them a lifter and then they'd land on the ropes like this and they'd be facing each other and then we'd shake the rope like that up and down. Oh, oh I'd get the crowd going with us. And then, so we we do that to follow with them a lot. That was a good one. And yeah, I was fond memories of working with those guys. 
definitely a lot of great guys. Like I'm a big Eric Young fan, especially now that he's an impact and really being used. Um, and I just remembered uh, Cutler's name now. It's uh, Steve Macklin. Macklin, yes, thank you. Yeah, and uh, so going going back to that Daniel Bryan match, uh, this is less of a question and more just a statement. Um, I was a huge we're really said it, but I'm a, I'm a huge heavy machinery marker was, and um, I remember watching that match with a buddy, and I'm like getting upset when you guys are getting booed. I was <laughs> like, oh come on, I know Daniel Bryan's Daniel Bryan, he's from there, but so's Tucker. And I was just getting upset. Uh, yeah, they we got booed hard. Like I was, I I did not expect it to be like that that much when we first came out. I was like, man, this is crazy. Like, <laughs> yeah. It also made me think. I remember that day. I was like, heavy machinery are winning the titles. Let's go. And then the the crowd booing. I'm like, oh, they're not gonna have Daniel Bryan lose <laughs> lose there. Yeah. No. No. Because then we yeah you like. Would have been good, right? Because then we would have got booed hard as a cha- as new babyface champions. Not not an ideal uh, situation. No, there was a moment though. Was there a moment? All right. So the next pay per view, Extreme Rules, you that triple threat tag team match with them again yep. and a new day. New day. That's when I thought you guys were gonna win the belts. Did you guys? I mean, I know you you go into the match, you know, but I thought we might, yeah. And, and I think, like, ultimately, they were maybe thinking, oh, it's too soon for these guys. Like, it'll come back around to them, you know, whatever, like, in a few months. But, that, but I, I thought there was a chance, definitely. It was still a fun match. And um, you guys were a really fun act. And uh, it, it's kind of – you blended, like, comedy, like, top-notch comedy with top-notch, like, serious moments, especially with the Otis Mandy feud. Was it tough getting that down? And was it tough not laughing at – each other's on tv when you're doing stuff because otis is cracking up and you cracking me up especially when you're drawing on the board in the 24th championship stuff oh that was all that was all our idea too i appreciate that that was like i was just like oh i'm, I'm somebody needs to get me a whiteboard i'm about to drop some plays for this like <laughs> yeah that, that football background <laughs> yeah and i mean it was so fun you know we had such a great time and you know, just such genuine love for one another. And, and like, you know, never say never. I mean, I don't see myself going back to WWE just wasn't uh, the, the end of it was not the most positive experience for me. And, and just personally, um, I don't know that that's what, like now I have two kids. My, my son was born a month ago yesterday. And so, you know, that's like spending time with them is now more important to me than really anything else in my life. Um, and, for 30 years, athletic endeavors were more important to me than anything in my life. So, you know, that's been a big kind of shift. You know, I think there's a there's a a decent chance that, you know, the two of us wrestle together again at some point in time. Personally, I would I just want to wrestle on the indies with them so we can just do whatever we want, you know, and and kind of go going. So before the right before the pandemic, you know, in my opinion, we got a lot of momentum. Like we're, we're, we wrestled an hour on TV right before was it, um, elimination chamber. Like we do, we run the gauntlet and we end up losing in the, at the very end. To, but you know, we wrestled, I was like 55 minutes. I remember looking at the clock before we went out there and it was, you know, whatever, eight Oh five or nine Oh five. Like, Oh, here we go, baby. Like see what we got. And you know, and then I think that Elimination Chamber match was pretty awesome too, right? Literally the next week, the whole world shuts down and 
you know, I mean, pro wrestling in general is difficult to do without an audience. since it's sort of the point of the whole exercise anyways. But I think more so for an act like us, we like we just feed off the energy so of the audience and they feed off us so much. And that was just such a big part of like the timing of our act. And, and you know, I don't know, just such an integral piece. Whereas like maybe, you know, like, I mean, Drew McIntyre had an amazing pandemic, right? If you look at his wrestling matches and he was able to put some great art out there in what is very difficult circumstances. Like, okay, well, like he's an ass kicking character who sometimes acknowledges the audience, but vast majority of the time, he's not acknowledging the audience when they're there anyways. So it doesn't necessarily like, I don't say hurt, but it doesn't affect his act as much as it does maybe affect our act. And I think we, like we were pretty new to, you know, performers, especially up there. And it was tricky waters to navigate. And then, I mean, I don't know. It was just a crazy time, dude. The pandemic was wild. Uh, the Otis and Mandy thing, so much good work on that story. Disappointing to see it. And, you know, I was just like everyone else, you know, all I, there's all of us put a lot of hard work in that. Sonia, Mandy, Dolph, you know, us, Bobby, like, Andrea the writer like you know that's you're talking about like 15 weeks worth of work put into that every week week in week out and like some of those pandemic nights we're staying until one two o'clock in the morning because we only got one crew they're shooting all the matches first and all the promo stuff afterwards you know so just a lot of investment in that and and it's like man how like in what in what universe real not real made up whatever terminology you want to use to describe a universe would somebody like otis have zero emotional reaction to being split from man like like hey we're just not even going to acknowledge this like well fine split him up in the draft but like let's at least lose some matches because he's mopey or something you know and let's have a friction of us of like hey brother you need to get over her she's like i can't Ducky, she's the one i love her forever you know and, no come on we have shit to do we want to just try to win this championship you know it's like whatever i mean just as an idea and but it's like no we're not going to acknowledge that at all it's like man that feels insulting to me like if i'm an audience member i feel kind of insulted that like i was invested in a story for months only for it to be ended with literally no explanation whatsoever. Yeah, that kind of reminds me of something Chris Jericho said on his podcast um, that like AW doesn't insult to fans' intelligence. And at times, I, I love WWE, still do, but um, they like just make you think you're you forget about things like um like that. Like I agree with you. I I thought they should have continue fit or like at least like had a clear end or like have him lose matches because he's sad but um you know they, they just think oh just forget about it mandy and this <laughs> was never a thing and it was just really weird to me especially when like online that was such a popular uh act it was yeah it was massive you know and it was reaching out further than like it was reaching people who don't normally watch the product and people who don't normally watch the product were invested in that story and were watching wrestlemania because of that story and maybe maybe watched for a little while afterwards and then probably didn't watch anymore you know like presumably they want like they wanted otis to be a big star right i'm, I'm guessing based on the way that like our act ended and stuff but it's like okay well 
what like you you're a really shooting someone in the foot by like taking their girl away from them and having them basically show no emotion then their best friend hits him over the head with the briefcase and he doesn't do anything about it it's like well why would i really like i mean why would i care about the character if he doesn't have like the gall to i mean what man would like let those two things happen without being doing anything about it right and it's no fault of his that's that's on the writing team. That's that's on, you know, creative. You're like, I don't know what the point of that is. Like, I can't. If you guys are gonna fire me, like, at least have him kick my ass. You know, what's like, have him kick my ass. Shit, like, I'll do that. I'll do the favor for my buddy. Like, not not for you guys, but I'll do I'll do the favor for my buddy who I love and who I want to be successful. Like, this is his dream way more than it's my than it was my dream growing up. And like, you know, this is like. I want that guy to be as successful as he can be. And, and I would have done whatever, you know, whatever they asked for me to do, I would have done it. So it's pretty, uh, you know, disheartening to some extent. Right. And, and it would have been so easy to make him a killer too. Cause I mean, you know, you guys both can go in the ring and, you know, his, his big man style while being, you know, the, the great entertainer that he is. And you know, it's, it's just so weird almost, you know, just how it all came about. Yeah, it, I mean, it just, I mean, it like, there's, there's a, like a running inside joke that you shouldn't try to make sense of things and like, you try to make sense, like, <laughs> but that really doesn't make sense. you talked about maybe the two of you reuniting the indies but just just you where do you what do you want to do or are some indie promotions you'd like to show up uh, at or are there any of the bigger companies like impact or aw that you want to sign with what what's next for levi cooper what are you thinking about yeah so i'm um, definitely gonna wrestle on indie some coming up in 2022 you know the rest of this year um and I, i've said this you know a few times before that I'm taking the rest of this year to, you know, just spend with my family and my wife's off from, she's, she works in the school district and, you know, so she's on her leave and we're just together doing that. Um, I'm actually very close to finishing my level one DDPY certification. So that's something that I've been working on in the, in the, my time and something that I'm very passionate about and will be producing content in that realm. Um, I also have a barbecue project that I'm working on too. Uh, I think Thanksgiving is going to be our inaugural. So I'm working with a guy who writes pellet grill cookbooks and uh, he works, he works for pick boss grills a little bit too. So, you know, we're just working just the two of us on putting something together there. And I uh, also have another third project. that's a, like a mental health guide. I don't know exactly what form that's going to be in yet. Well, we were originally talking about doing a book, but I think we might try to go, especially with like new, with Meta and, and like, not that I want to be a part of that company necessarily, but maybe trying to put out like some digital, some kind of digital thing, you know, um, some kind of digital content around mental health. It's some kind of a guide, perhaps with a worksheet attached to it. So, you know, these are the nice areas that I've been just kind of like able to you know, have some purpose in, um, that's been really nice, you know, wrestling wise, uh, you're not going to kind of reinvent myself starting at the foundation with amateur wrestling, you know, that's, um, something I didn't do a good enough job of kind of putting forward while I was, 
uh, Tucker on the main roster, in my opinion. And, you know, that's the thing that I think physically and mentally has given me a lot of what I have in my life. So it needs to be the foundational base of my character. And then I've kind of been playing around with the idea of force of nature and essentially like somebody who sort of appreciates and really takes to heart kind of the, you know, I guess, duality of nature and its uh, ability to be like really serene, calm, peaceful, tranquil when necessary. And then, you know, uh, kind of at the flip of a switch becomes this like really violent force that's capable of, of doing a lot of destruction and, uh, you know, capable of scaring people potentially to some extent. So, you know, that's kind of, I guess, the next layer that I've been, you know, riffing about, writing down, kind of putting my creative juices towards and will be, I guess, like I said, the sort of base layers for my character on the indies as I try to figure out what that is, you know, for a year or so at least. I personally just want to try to like have the space to grow as a performer and not have to worry about like having a polished product that needs to be on television. You know, I want, I really, and maybe it's not a whole year, but like, I really feel like I need to do some exploring. And in order for me to do that comfortably, I, I want to be able to like fall flat on my face if necessary and not do that like in front of a lot. You know, like I said, I, I, I personally, and I take this very seriously, like if you're going to be on television to me, like you need to have somewhat of a polished product, right? A fully functional, ready to go gimmick to some extent. And obviously you're going to have to play with that and adjust it as you, you know, as your character evolves there. But like, I don't feel like I know who this character is in enough situations and I need to still kind of figure that out. And so that's sort of going to be like my goal going forward. And that'll be what I do until I kind of figure that piece of it out. And then I will, you know, search for uh, what I think is next and right for me. You know, blood sport, I would love to wrestle for. There's a prestige here in the Northwest I've been looking at. And I think they, they look pretty awesome to me. Um, so, you know, I'd like to be uh, potentially involved with them. Who knows? You know, I've been in discussions with a couple of, of indies in the Midwest and the Northeast that, uh, you know, I think maybe in February I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a match. I don't have anything finalized yet, so I don't want to make any announcements. But, yeah, I'm definitely going to gonna wrestle here or there. But it's not going to be my, you know, main, main focus in life anymore. That's, um, that's done and over with. You know, I think for, as I kind of talked about mental health earlier, something that I've really worked on in these last six months for myself is, you know, for the better part of at least 15 years, wrestler was kind of the main way that I, you know, described myself and therefore derived my self-esteem and, and my, you know, just kind of, that was, that was how I identified. That was the main identifier for me, you know, now father and, and husband are, are what I've worked hard to try to make the two, those two main things, right? I think personally for myself, that's just much more stable. Like I have pretty direct control over those. They're, um, you know, the pro the process that I go through to, to do those and, and to like feel good about myself because of that process and, and really not worry about trying to feel good based on anything else, you know, any, any other kind of things that I don't have as much, you know, control over and that ultimately don't matter to me as much, right? That's, that's been a big time kind of shift in my life too. It's been really helpful. And this, this time's been really great, you know, and that's part of the reason why I've been kind of writing this stuff down and, and want to, you know, ultimately try, I'm trying to build a guide that's like 
teaches people how to have a, their own, not the way I do it, but, but their own 30 to 60 minutes of daily process that is, you know, physical and mental health basically. And, and like, and it's nothing groundbreaking. It's, it's like the fundamentals are the fundamentals for a reason. And if you do them correctly every single day, then, you know, you're going to be better off than people who know how to shoot a jump hook, but can't do a rebound. I mean, it's, it's like water, right? Very, this is very simple, but like everybody you sh should be drinking 28 ounces of water before they put anything else in their body every single morning. Like your body is 70% water. You lose between one and a half and three pounds overnight while your body goes through all of its processes to repair itself while your brain goes into REM sleep and wave sleep and helps to repair all the tissues in your body that takes water. Then you wake up and go to the bathroom and then, you know, you wake up and drink juice and coffee and, and you know, now your body's like, it's having a much harder time running at a efficient level. And that affects, you know, a lot of things, especially once you're over 30 years old. And uh, you know, so the, it's that kind of stuff to just like really help encourage people to do things that I think are, are simple and basic, you know, not easy necessarily, but are kind of counterintuitive to some of the messages that we receive from corporate America, whose interest is to make money off of us, not necessarily to ensure that we're healthy beings. So I do have a follow-up question, something you said a little, a little while ago. I honestly don't, I think you said DDPY verification. Yeah. What, so, what's that all uh, Oh, DDP yoga. DDP, okay. DDP. Yeah. So it's, uh, you know, it's somewhat of a yoga program. It, uh, it encompasses other things. Um, so it's kind of like the physical therapy process that it has is like you grip with your toes and then, you know, you flex your quads, your calves, your glutes, you know, and then you breathe out. You engage your core, then you reach out and you, and you spread your fingers wide and you pretend like you're, you know, holding onto a medicine ball here. And like, then you go through, you know, a series of movements and, and ultimately kind of into basic yoga poses, you know, a warrior stance pose, a lunge and then, and some squats where you, you kind of, you know, lean it over, stretching in there. And you wear a heart rate monitor. And so you try to basically keep your heart rate kind of like in, in what is your fat burning zone. So from like hundred, for me, it's like 155 to 135, something like that. And, uh, you know, it's, it's like, you get a pretty good resistance training muscular workout to some extent without putting this much strain and load on your joints, um, and ligaments. Right. So barbell movements, dumbbell movements, they're like, they're, they're pretty hard, um, on your joints and they don't always mimic the way that your body moves biomechanically, right? Like there's not often when you're like moving a load when you isolate your bicep or like when you do a hamstring curl, you know, you're like hamstring and glute always work together. Your bicep and deltoid usually work together or your back. And so, you know, you're kind of like helping your body, um, you know, move the way that it's meant to move biomechanically and there's a lot of things that it so one of the good things that he's done is like he's taken his baseline which is sort of like these basics movements and then if you can't access those you can't you're not ready for that yet like he has a couple workouts in bed then like there's a whole series where you have a metal chair and you're sitting in the chair you're like stretching your leg out in the chair 
flexing in the chair and then you stand up and you use the chair as assistance and you should look it up, man. He's taking guys that are like 500 pounds and now they're 200 pounds doing sprints. It's pretty wild. It's, um, and the catalyst for me anyways, was like, you know, I, I trained until I was basically 30 with the ethos, like I'm going to try to get bigger, faster and stronger, irregardless of what the long-term ramifications are on my body. Like I want to be an athlete, so I'm going to fucking get bigger. I'm going to get faster. I'm going to get stronger. And if like a little piece of me is not right, like then I'll just work around that, but I'm still going to get it in. And, uh, you know, my hip was like starting to really give me issues and I'm like, you know, I'm like looking at my dad and the way like, he doesn't move that well. He's like, I got to take care of this right now, dude. I got to figure this out. And, uh, ultimately I discovered that like, I've been squatting wrong for a lot of years, like 10 years or more. I wasn't like fully engaging my, uh, diaphragm in the way that I, you know, should be doing to be lifting, you know, it's like, okay, I'm not squatting correctly. I can still, still squat 500 pounds. Like how much stronger do I really need to be in my life? Probably don't need to be any stronger. Like, but I do need to be more mobile. I do need to make sure that like my body moves the way that it can move so that I can run around and play with my kids for the next 15, 20 years and like play sports with them and whatever, you know, he'd come to the PC a couple of different times, Diamond Dallas Page. And I've, uh, I've actually been out there and spent some time with him a couple of days. And that was how I got into, into, you know, trying to become certified to be an instructor to, you know, teach other people how to, uh, you know, how to do it. It's, it's a funny, I guess I just misheard you the first time, but yeah, I actually looked into it a little while ago because I'm trying to lose weight. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page's uh, yoga program and uh, workout programs. So yeah, it's, that's interesting you know, what you brought up. And um, I've seen your Instagram like uh, feed, your little, uh, you're doing it too with the monitor on your chest and stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. Great work. So um, now it's time to move on to our uh, final question of the night. Uh, this is a question we ask all our guests. It's a, it's a two-parter, but it won't take too long. It's um, it's really two parts of the same question, just different wording. The first part is, um, what's a dream match you have with any wrestler all time? Any type of stipulation? It can be triple threat. It doesn't have to just be one-on-one. What, what you doing here? Oh, man. I'm going to team up with Terry Gordy, and uh, we're going to wrestle... We're going to wrestle Stan Hansen. We're going to wrestle Dr. Death in Japan against each other. It's going to be awesome. What a stiff match. That's People are going to go crazy. <laughs> What's a hoss battle We're right going to there. kill each other. I'm a big fan of, of meat slapping meat, so I oh, that yeah. sounds right up my alley. <laughs> Terry Gordy's the man. That's a good one. That's an unexpected one, too. I love, I love those type of answers. Second part, it's same question, but it's only current wrestlers only. Uh, who do I want to wrestle? Who do I want to get in the ring and mix it up with? Yeah. Oh, man. I like to wrestle Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. I like that guy. He, I like the way he moves. I think he could have a pretty good one. That's a great one. He's um, in ring. He's just so good. And I remember watching uh, like a match on YouTube with him and Matt Riddle. If any listeners haven't seen it, go watch that. Uh, yeah, he's he's one of the best technical. That would that would be fun. Two guys, just technical masters, just Matt masters, going at it. Yeah, roll around, <laughs> try to catch each other. Lots of submissions too. Match them up. I love that. <laughs> it's tough. He, he does. I think one of what was nicknames is the Snatch Master. So. Okay, <laughs> that's a funny nickname. <laughs> well, 
you have been quite the amazing guest here on Top of the Cage tonight, and we do truly appreciate you taking some time out of your night to talk to us. Yes, sir, man. It was fun. Appreciate you guys. For sure. And, and do you have anything that you would like to promote, plug, social media, DDP yoga, anything like that? Um, yeah, I mean, so uh, you can check me out on – well, at, I'm at Real Eli Cooper on, uh, on Instagram and on Twitter. Um, I haven't been on in a while, but I do have a Twitch, Levi Cooper Live. So you can check that out. Like I said, I, I will be uh, getting on there at some point soon. I've been off for probably a month and a half. New, newborn doesn't uh, give me so much time to be. It's hard to justify gaming. Let me just say that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, and uh, you can find on, on those Twitter handles in my bio, uh, book Levi Cooper at mail.com. If, uh, you know, if you if you're interested in booking me and uh, yeah, you know, like I said about my character, I'm looking forward to, you know, doing some some wrestling on the indies and uh, seeing what I can come up with. I'm excited to see it. I'm sure the listeners are. Thank you. Yes, sir. Take it easy. Juice. <laughs> and again, we would like to thank Levi Cooper for his time tonight. What a cool dude. Just we I, another interview where I felt like we could have just shot the shit for another hour and it wouldn't have even felt like we were doing the podcast at that point. Yeah, definitely cool guy to talk with. And um, I think he might have turned me on to DDP Yoga. I look forward to his um, self-help books as well and his cookbooks. Um, definitely look for him on socials at The Real Levi Cooper. This is Twitter and Instagram. So thank you for listening again. You can also find us on socials. Um, on Twitter, it's capital T, capital O, capital T, capital C, underscore, capital P, lowercase O-D. And then on Instagram, it's T-O-T-C underscore pod, all lowercase. Um, Instagram, I try to do as many reels and um, like match the week stuff and little news talks as much as I can. So look for those. Interact with us, push job release requests. Thank you and have a good night.